Tonight, busted. We recently proved that Carrie Luke Lemieux's breasts are not real. So the question arises, will the school board do the right thing and fire this pervy shop teacher? Or will they continue to pay him to simply stay at home and do nothing? It's Wednesday, April 12, 2023. I'm David Menzies, and this is the Ezra Levent Show. Shame on you, you sensorious bug. Well, as the saying goes, the jig is up, or at least the jig should be up. But when it comes to dealing with school boards that are equal parts woke and cowardly, who knows? I speak, of course, of the most infamous shop teacher on planet Earth. That would be Carrie Luke Lemieux, a.k.a. Kayla Lemieux, a.k.a. Busty Lemieux. As most of the world knows, when this dude first showed up for shop class last September at Oakville Trafalgar High School, there were a couple of things that were, oh, a wee bit different about him, namely those enormous fake Z-cut breasts. Carrie was now identifying as Kayla and was allegedly transitioning from male to female. That's interesting. You see, how many male-to-female transgendered folk choose to strap on made-in-China boobs that make Pamela Anderson look flat-chested by comparison? Well, I think the number is this. Zero point zero. Yeah, that's because a man wanting to resemble a woman is not going out of his way to look like a grotesque caricature of a female, Rather, the idea is to blend in with the opposite sex by doing his very best to look like a do rigueur woman. And as always, <laughs> results may vary. Alas, Lemieux was sporting an ensemble that would make even a veteran drag queen blush. In terms of haberdashery, Burlington's Boobzilla was teaching high school kids, in other words, minors, while clad in a clingy blouse with nipples the size of erasers protruding through the fabric. Now call me a prude, label me a square, but I think that's a little bit inappropriate. Students were shocked by this wannabe drag queen, parents were furious, but when it came to those in managerial positions above Lemieux, from Oakville Trafalgar principal Meredith Camasuli, she, her, and all of the woke joke educrats employed at the Halton District School Board. Well, apparently perversity is diversity these days. And besides, in today's spirit unicorn society, it would be so offside for the supposed adults in the room to tell Lemieux to remove those gender-affirming fake boobs, or for that matter, even abide by a dress code even though the HDSB has a dress code for students and even for Halloween costumes, it does not exist for the teachers. How weird is that? So it was little wonder that a couple of months ago, the HDSB educrats breathed a collective sigh of relief. You see, folks, Lemieux consented to an interview with journalists from the New York Post. And Lemieux dropped a bombshell, namely... It was impossible for him to do anything about those breasts because, contrary to popular belief, 
those Zed Cup boobs are not drag queen props, but they are real McCoy memory glands. Wow! As for not wearing a bra so as to conceal those ever-erect nipples, Lemieux had an answer for that, too. And it could be found on his Twitter account, real underscore Kayla underscore L. By the way, visiting this account is akin to descending into madness, folks. Indeed, I originally thought it was a parody account, but I'm pretty sure it belongs to Lemieux. Why? Well, because I was recently blocked. More on that later. Anyway, here's what he had to say about brassieres. Quote, a year ago, due to constantly needing to buy new bras and the discomfort they brought to me while wearing them, I decided to go without. I am much more comfortable this way, and the choice to wear or not is individual. Hashtag free the nip, end quote. Wow. In any event, the rubes down at the HDSB were overjoyed by this information. You know that Lemieux's breasts are real because it cleared them from doing anything about it. You see, it would go against human rights legislation to even suggest that he wear a bra because that would cause discomfort for the HDSB. Going on a jihad against Lemieux would be akin to discriminating against a teacher confined to a wheelchair. Indeed, according to Lemieux, he has a very rare medical condition, which only afflicts biological women, by the way, but never mind. And allegedly, he started to develop those boobs at the age of 39. And those breasts went from molehills to mountains in record time. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Except it's not true. It's damn false is what it is. And yes, folks, we have the video evidence. Check out our encounter with Lemieux just a few days ago at Mapleview Mall in Burlington, Ontario. inappropriately in front of children. Can you believe it, folks? Like a cornered rat, he ran for the hills. He didn't even have the guts to come back to his car. He's abandoned it here. He called an Uber and he's uh, skedaddled, well, who knows where. I guess he's got to come back for his car at some point. Maybe he's going to have it towed to his condo. But did you notice? No breasts. But Lemieux, I thought you told the world via the New York Post and the Toronto Sun that those were real mammary glands. Yep, that's what Lemieux looks like as a man. And he hated being exposed like that, which is why I am now blocked on his Twitter feed, by the way. But those Zed cups are surely more fake than a stack of $3 bills or maybe Lemieux had those boobs amputated, in which case he has certainly made a remarkably quick recovery. He's a modern medical miracle, no matter how you slice it, isn't he? So now that the jig is up, that Lemieux has been exposed as a fraudster, what is Oakville Trafalgar principal Meredith Kamasuli, she, her, going to do about this? Alas, Miss Kamasuli, she, her, is AWOL at the moment. 
She's on leave. Apparently, her school morphing into an international laughing stock was too much for this woke principal to endure. I phoned to speak with she, her's replacement, Steve Oliver. He wasn't at the school yesterday, and the receptionists at Oakville Trafalgar, well, they're just so rude. They're always slamming down the phone on curious journalists or concerned parents as though we're trying to sell them air duct cleaning services or something. Here, check it out. Good morning, Oakville Trafalgar High School. Yes, good morning. Can I speak to Mr. Steve Oliver, please? Uh, he's not in this morning. Can I take a message? Oh, okay then. Um, yes, because uh, I understand he's the acting principal. Is that correct? Yes. May I ask what this is regarding? Yes. Um, my name is uh, David Menzies with Rebel News, and I was just wondering what the school was planning to do with Mr. Lemieux now that the news has broken that his breasts are not real, contrary to what no, he said. We to have no, we have no comment. Thank you for calling. You have no comment Fair on that. Now. What, what happened to Meredith Kamasuli? She... I also reached out to HDSB trustee, Dr. Margaret Shuttleworth. She couldn't offer any tangible information despite the video evidence. So she passed the buck, suggesting I talk to the HDSB's human resources head honcho. That would be Sari Taha. I left a message with Taha's assistant, but shockers, no callback. I then emailed the media relations staff of Education Minister Stephen Lecce. Do you know, folks, one of those spokes thingies is named Brahman? Yeah, Brahman, I swear. You can't make this stuff up. But Brahman and the other government flacks declined to comment, so I contacted Minister Lecce himself. Poor Lecce. He resembles a professional wrestling referee these days, thanks to the Lemieux scandal which is to say he's a toothless tiger, constantly lecturing the school board, but to no avail. It's like, you know, listen, HDSB, I've warned you 13 times now to implement a dress code for teachers, and if you don't do so, I'm gonna warn you a 14th time. Anyway, here are my four unanswered queries to the milk toast minister. One. What do you plan to do with this information, namely that Lemieux lied about his mammary gland medical condition? Two, will you request that the Halton District School Board address the current situation, in other words, paying a teacher to stay at home based on a fraudulent premise? Three, going back to the beginning of the controversy, why were you unable to have the HDSB adopt a dress code for teachers it has one for students and even Halloween costumes. And four, did you ever consider disbanding the HDSB? And so far, folks, radio silence. I guess Lecce has better things to do, like researching cherry cheesecake recipes for his boss hog, Doug Ford. As for the HDSB, this could very well be Canada's worst school board and I know that's saying something given how many crackpot school boards are operating in our great dominion right now. After all, even though Canada's top labor lawyers have told the board it can implement a dress code for staff, the HDSB still stubbornly refuses to do so. Indeed, if a biological girl at Oakville Trafalgar dressed like Lemieux, 
she wouldn't be protected. She'd be suspended. But trans people, even phony baloney trans people, well, they're special when it comes to the HDSB. And over the last few months, as international press coverage and parental anger mounted, the HDSB implemented Plan B, which was to move Lemieux around to other schools in Halton, you know, whack-a-mole style, hoping nobody would notice or complain about his fake silicon breasts. Yeah, these educrats are really that stupid, folks. Predictably, that strategy failed in a spectacular fashion. So the board has now implemented Plan C, which is to simply pay Lemieux his full salary and benefits to stay at home and do nothing. You know, whoever coined the phrase, crime does not pay, deserves to be pulverized. By the way, you know what the HDSB could have done? They could have hired a private detective to expose Lemieux while in breast-free mode, you know, like we did. Because I believe lying to your employer is cause for dismissal. And even though we provided the HDSB with video evidence on the house, so to speak, this woke joke school board still won't take any action. They are experiencing paralysis by analysis. But why? Are they still worried about being deemed transphobic? even though Lemieux also told the New York Post that he is not trans? Or is the HDSB afraid of the teachers' union? Yet, why would any union go to bat for someone who is a grifter slash sexual deviant? That's beyond my pay grade. Oh, and by the way, for those of you in social media stating that we have it all wrong, that Lemieux is not a pervert, but that he is a prankster taking a shot at wokeness, I'm afraid that is simply not the case. Check out these photographs Rebel News acquired just yesterday. The thing is, folks, these pictures were taken almost six years ago. Imagine that. This isn't the bailiwick of a prankster. This is all about a man beholden to some bizarre sexual fetish. And I wouldn't give a tinker's damn about Lemieux embracing the whole Mrs. Dress-Up shtick, except when it comes to doing so as a teacher who is in close contact with minors, those kids simply don't deserve that. Especially now, especially when we have conclusive evidence that Lemieux is a lying liar, a gratuitous grifter, and a fraudulent freak. So please explain to me yet again why the board is paying this man a full salary to stay at home and do nothing. That's not a penalty. Rather, this is the HDSB rewarding bad behavior. So in the final analysis, the question arises, who is the real villain here? Is it a shop teacher who might be suffering from mental illness or sexual perversion? Or is it a taxpayer-funded public school board that is acting as an enabler that refuses to do the right thing? And again, I pose a question that I've been asking for a good two decades now, folks. Why is it that so many people who are entrusted with educating our kids 
seem to be amongst the most stupid people on this planet. From Disney to Budweiser, there is no shortage of painfully leftist woke companies to avoid and even boycott. Alas, if only there was a book out there that would provide a comprehensive rundown of non-woke companies that consumers could patronize. Well, I think I just misspoke, folks, because there is indeed such a book available for purchase right now, and it's entitled The Great Patriot Bycott Book, subtitled The Great Conservative Companies to Buy From and Invest In. It's co-written by Wayne Allen Root and Nikki Ballou. And Mr. Ballou joins me right now. So, um, Nikki, let's get to the uh, let's cut to the chase, as they say. What prompted you to write this book in the first place? Well, you know, the evil left has been marching through all the major institutions of most of the major Western democracies, Canada, United States included, right? And I started to really become concerned when I started to see corporations become infected with the woke virus, when they started parroting the lines that I, hear, that I used to hear from, you know, university professors and crazy people in schools. And I thought, whoa, 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 we can't have this. So uh, originally, uh, I teamed up with Wayne, who's a famous American uh, talk show host. They call him the Trump of Las Vegas. And he's <laughs> interviewed Donald Trump 11 times on his shows. And it's claimed the fame as nobody else has interviewed Donald Trump that many times. Wow. Yeah. So... I said to him, look, you've written a whole bunch of best-selling books. Why don't we team up and write a, a list of companies that are woke and tell people, don't buy from these guys. Let's give them the emails and social media handles of all the key executives so they could bombard them with messages. And that book did great. It was a number one bestseller in a whole bunch of categories on Amazon. And here's the best part. In no small part, due to the efforts of our readers... Those woke companies lost over a trillion dollars in market cap. Oh, that's music to my ears. And, you know, it couldn't be more timely, Nikki, this book, because um, Bud Light is very much in the news. They launched what's turned out to be an absolutely disastrous yeah. marketing campaign. And in fact, before we talk about that, let's just throw to this clip. This is the Bud Light director of uh, marketing explaining the need to go with a transgender woman as their spokes thingy. Check it out. Reception. Yes, hi there. Um, my name is David Menzies, and I'm with Rebel News, and I'm just hoping to speak to a spokesperson about these um, Bud Light cans. It's, you know, they have words on it. I'm not even sure how to pronounce them. X-E, X-E-M, S-I-E, H-I-R. And I was just trying to find out what these words are, how you pronounce them. You know, who's responsible for that? Is is there someone that could speak to me? Um, um, I'll send someone out to the gate. All right, can you hear me now? Don't press the button. No, I didn't press the button, sir. Okay, yeah, it's, um, there's nobody here today that's able to talk to you, so if we can grab some contact information from you, we'll have uh, somebody from Corporate Affairs reach out. Oh, okay, uh, just to let you know, I called the number on the can, and it said that the... The call sender has been transitioned to a digital, and I did send an email um, to uh, the Budweiser.com site there, but I never heard back. But I I'm just like, what is an XE? Like, what is an XEM? I'm 
Not sure. I'm not sure I could be of any help to you, but okay. uh, like I said before, we could get you in contact with corporate, and that's probably your best bet. Oh, okay. So nobody at Labatt knows what these, um, I think they're pronouns. <laughs> I'm, I'm a security guard, so I'm actually not able to help with any of that, but we could probably get corporate to reach out to you, and they can talk to you regarding all that. Oh, okay then. And uh, because I, 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 I mean, there's they, them, she, her, he, him. I get that. I, I don't know why you'd use them both in the you know, the context of the same sentence, but uh, um, these other ones like XE and ZIR, SIE, uh, I looked it up in the dictionary. I, I couldn't even find uh, meanings for them. Are, are these actually real words or are they made up words? I'm not sure what your question is, but like I said, you can get in contact with corporate with uh, this contact information that you've given us and they can reach out to you, but unfortunately I can't answer any of your questions. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, not even the people here at Labatt know what these crazy pronouns mean or even how to pronounce them uh the fellow at security said somebody from corporate is going to get back in touch with me i'll believe it when i hear it in the meantime i just wonder what this uh, can of bud light tastes like hmm no sir don't like it what's that saying go woke get choked Now, Nikki, in the aftermath, uh, I see by the headlines of today, Anheuser-Busch loses more than $5 billion in value amid Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light controversy. Nikki, this is a case clearly of Bud Light and the people that uh, shepherd that brand not knowing their core audience. You know, she speaks disparagingly of frat boys. Those are the people buying cases and cases every weekend for their frat parties. What did you make of this debacle? Honestly, um, it was really upsetting for us because, you know, when we wrote the Buy Cop book, we wrote it as, as, as an answer because it wasn't enough just to tell people don't spend money with these companies. Yeah. Now you got to start spending money with the patriotic companies. And we included Anheuser-Busch in the list of patriotic companies because oh. they've traditionally been a conservative company. Oh, interesting. In 2020, they gave a, a ton of money to Republican candidates, including Donald Trump for president. Interesting. They've always been a conservative company. The Bush family in Missouri has always been a deeply conservative German background family. But some of the executives deeper down into the organization have been these younger woke types. And one of them decided to hire this woman who thought, okay, you know what? Bud Light isn't for frat boys anymore. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> frat boys are the ones who drink Bud Light. You moron. I'm a businesswoman. I had a really clear job to do when yeah. I took over Bud Light. And it was, this brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time. And if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light. So I had this super clear mandate. It's like, we mm -hmm. need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. And my, what I brought to that was a belief in, okay, what is, what, do, what does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and to men. Mm -hmm. And representation is at sort of the heart of evolution. You've got to see people who reflect you in the work. And we had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a brand of fratty, 
kind of out of touch humor. And it was really important <laughs> that we had another approach. And you, you, you can't, it's like, remember back in the day when Coke came out with new Coke? Yes. We need new Coke. Hey, this is great. Let's have new Coke. Yes. But Coke was smart enough to see that new Coke's tanking. Their core customers hated new Coke. So they backed away from new Coke and brought back classic Coke. Right now, what Bud needs to do is they need to go and say, oops, we screwed up. This lady's fired. Frat boys, come on back. We're for you. This is for you guys. If they don't do that, they'll never be back in the next edition of the book. And by the way, we're taking them out of the book right now. We're replacing them with a company called Old Glory Bank, which is a conservative anti-cancel culture bank out of Oklahoma. Interesting. Yeah, Larry Elder is a part of that organization. He's one of the founders. So is Dr. Ben Carson, who was Secretary of Housing and Urban Development under Donald Trump. But the truth of the matter is, this has proven once again that if you go woke, you're going to go broke. And, and, you know, and talk about the old Henry Ford quote, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And Bud Light, I understand, is the number one selling beer uh, in the USA, overtaking Was. a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, Was. I guess yeah, th th that stat might change too. But um, not to dwell on it too much, but what? how did Anheuser-Busch get infected by the woke virus, Nikki? Honestly, I can't tell you I've got any inside information, but I can tell you what's been happening to a lot of corporations. The CEOs who tend to be older folks, kind of around my age and older, said, you know what, we need to bring in some new young blood to relate to the younger folks, so let's bring someone in here. And that's a good idea, except you don't want to bring in woke people into your organization, because if you do that, what they're going to try and do is take away everything good about your brand, everything American about your brand or Canadian in Canada about your brand and try to replace it with this Marxist, Soviet, Maoist crap that has zero appeal to people. And, and you know, here's my theory, uh, Nikki, and I want to uh, double back to the whole Marxist theory, too, because I think you're on to something. I think right now, whether you're in the banking business or the beer business, these are competitive fields. And I think these corporatists, what they think is we should have a manager of diversity and inclusion. They're the, you know, the people that are bringing out all this woke stuff. Because if we have that person and if we do these woke campaigns, the woke mob won't target us for a boycott. They won't vilify us. They'll go to our competitor. Is that what's at the root of yeah. these major Fortune 500 uh, companies going woke in the first place? 100%. Major corporations have always been driven by greed and fear, mm -hmm. greed and fear. They want to make a lot of money and they're scared. They don't want any bad news coming their way. But Jesse Waters of Fox News had an interesting uh, comment. He said that back in the 80s and 90s, there were still these crank letter writing campaigns going to CEOs, but there was no social media. Yeah. So the CEO never saw it and he never knew there was an issue. Now with social media... People can program a bot to send 200 nasty messages to a CEO and he freaks out and he thinks everybody hates our company. That's not the case. Here's what I'm going to tell you guys. You know, I'm actually going to create a consulting company along with Wayne Allen Root to consult with these scared Fortune 500 companies and de-wokeify them. It's going to be called Baloo and Root Associates, de-wokeifiers of the Fortune 500. And here's how you do it. When the woke mob comes after you, revel in it. Take them on, tell them to go screw themselves. Because what's going to happen is the, the normals are going to come and buy from you. And this has been proven time and time again. One of the companies in the book is Goya Foods. Okay. Goya Foods, they make uh, Spanish foods, you know, Latin foods. 
And the CEO of Goya Foods came on national television during the pandemic and supported Donald Trump. We're all truly blessed at the same time to have a leader like President Trump, who is a builder. And that's what my grandfather did. He came to this country to build, to grow, to prosper. And so we have an incredible builder and we pray. We pray for our leadership, our president, and we pray for our country that we will continue to prosper and, and to grow. Well, Sandy Cortez, the congresswoman from New York, the Marxist congresswoman from New York, she said, oh my God, let's boycott Goya Foods. Well, funny little thing happened when the woke mob came after Goya Foods. <laughs> Their sales grew by 30%. Oh, fantastic. And you know what? I am going to go through your book and uh, highlight those companies that are committed to non-wokeness, if that's a word, and support them with my wallet. That's the best way to show support Great. to a company. But, you know, you said something interesting just a few minutes ago, uh, Marxism. And I truly believe, Nikki, that this is the driving force uh, behind what we're seeing uh, in society today, at least in North America. And that is Marxists, their game plan is to tear society down and then build it up as a Marxist utopia, which never happens, of course. Here's the thing. If I told you 10 years ago, no, five years ago, Nikki, that there will be a Supreme Court judge, a female, who will not be able to define the word woman, I bet you would have bet your house against that. But here yep. we are. So it's kind of funny in a way the uh, Bud Light marketing genius describes herself as a businesswoman, because I think the first thing I would say to that is, What's a businesswoman? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. I like that. Yeah. You know what? Here's the thing. Um, we're living in crazy times. Uh, up is down. Down is up. 1984 is here. Yep. It's just, you know, 39 years late, as they say. Those of us that believe in freedom, those of us that believe in the promise uh, of Canada and the promise of America and the promise of democracy need to understand that these folks out there, they're not your grandfather's Democrats or your grandfather's liberal party. These are doctrinaire Marxists. They're our enemies, whether we like it or not. We're engaged in a cold civil war with these people. Yeah. We can't treat them like they're one of us because they're not. We need to fight and beat them at the ballot box. We need to fight and beat them with our dollars. And the best thing about having a book like this, right, The Great Patriot, Bicot book is that you can do something about it right yes. away. Just imagine in North America, Canada and the United States, if we had a hundred million people, the normals, decide that, you know what, I'm going to stop spending money with Disney. I'm going to stop spending money with Nike. I'm going to stop spending money with Anheuser-Busch unless they reform themselves right now. And companies of that ilk, I'm going to start spending money with Yangling Beer, the mm -hmm. oldest non-woke beer company in North America. I'm going to start spending money with uh, In-N-Out Burger in the U.S. I'm going to start spending money uh, supporting organizations like Rebel News, right? If they each just take $10,000 of their consumer spending and shift it, it's a seismic result, isn't it? Seismic result. You know? And you know what these scared folks that run these big companies are going to do? You just got to show them who to be more scared of. You know, but here's the thing, Nick. I'm just wondering, when it comes to supporting 
non-woke companies, in certain cases, do consumers have to make a sacrifice? And by that, I mean, um, until a few years ago, I used to buy Gillette products. I think Gillette makes fantastic razor blades. And then they came out with the toxic masculinity campaign. And then they came out with a a father and his um, uh, woman to man, trans son, uh, having a shave. And it was just so much of this leftist, wokest stuff that I couldn't take it. And what I'm getting at is that the companies that you highlight in your book um, are these um, good alternatives, are these quality products that they are making. 100%. And this book is by no means a complete list. There's a lot of companies that probably ought to have been in the book that just didn't make it. We're asking that if you own a company and you think you should be in the book, reach out to us, reach out to me, tell us why. We're going to do a second edition of this. Maybe we're going to put a database together. I want there to be a thousand such companies. But you talk about Gillette. When they released the Toxic Masculinity ad, I threw out all my Gillette products. Mm. I started buying Harry's Razors. And, you know, then Harry's went a little bit woke and oh, I, no. I grew a beard. So <laughs> I grew a beard. So I'm not using a razor right now anymore. <laughs> Should uh, I grow a beard now so you, I avoid you know any what? mistakes with razor companies? But well, <laughs> there is a great conservative razor company called Jeremy's Razors. Okay. And I think the, uh, it's Jeremy is one of the founders of the Daily Wire. Oh. And um, Harry's decided to stop advertising on the Daily Wire because of woke pressure. So Jeremy's Razors came into being. And they also started Jeremy's Chocolates and they've got a whole bunch of them. Now, they're not in the book. I'll make sure they're in a future edition of the book, but there's lots of great companies like that that are in the book. You know what? You can go look at the book. We use something we call a freedom scale in the book, okay? Freedom scale has like six categories. I'll just quickly run down through them with you right now, all right? Okay. Number one, political involvement. Does the company stick to business? or are they virtue signaling? Mm-hmm. Number two, political donations. They give money to the wokest causes and candidates or to the patriotic ones. Number three, workplace culture. Is there a workplace culture one that respects freedom or is, is it one that forces speech goats on people? Number four, marketing messaging. Is the marketing messaging the company has pro-freedom, pro-America, pro-Canada, or is it heinously woke, anti-human and, anti, and pro-scarcity? Hiring policies for employees and vendors. Do they hire the best man or woman for the job or do they try to check an identity box? And number six, commitment to freedom and society. Do they have a proud belief in American Canadian values or have they been frightened into towing the woke line? That is fantastic. And of course, you provide so many examples of companies that live up to those uh, six um, uh, points, uh, Nikki. So I guess, you know, we're, we're almost out of time, but I want to bring it back to Bud Light now. We've seen, you know, uh, the bottom line when it comes to a company is the bottom line. And I'm telling you, $5 billion U.S. in lost value because of this ludicrous transgender marketing campaign. Do you think that has sent a signal to other companies that, whoa, um, hold your horses. Maybe we shouldn't go ahead uh, with some kind of woke campaign. Look what happened to Anheuser-Busch. And secondly... If you're to look in the crystal ball, uh, Nikki, what do you see Anheuser-Busch doing in the days ahead to reclaim this lost market share? Will they drop the campaign? Will they um, issue an apology? Because the public is very forgiving. If, if they see a sincere apology being issued, that might right this sinking ship uh, in terms of the Bud Light campaign. Your thoughts, my friend. So I can't predict what they're going to do. If they were, if they'd hired me to advise them, I tell them to fire the marketing team associated with that 
every single one of them immediately, hire a new marketing team that understands who their core customer is and come back with messaging that speaks to their core customer. And I would have the CEO of the company get out publicly on a video and apologize for what they did and say, look, we aren't here to, uh, you know, denigrate our own customer base. Yeah. And we apologize for bringing messaging that's inappropriate to you. We love and respect everybody hundred percent, but that doesn't mean that we, uh, you know, uh, support causes that are antithetical to the values that our customer base holds near and dear. That's what I would do if I were them. I don't know if they will do it, but I strongly advise them to do it. Well, I'll tell you, Nikki, I think that is six or seven figures of uh, free good advice you're giving. And I always look back at uh, the tainted Tylenol scandal. Uh, you recall in the early 80s in the yeah. Chicago area, people were dying from poison Tylenol. And the, uh, the betting was that no matter what happens, they never did find the culprit, but, they, um, but the betting was that Tylenol as a brand name was dead. But what happened? Tylenol came out and apologized for this, even though it wasn't their fault. It was some saboteur. They led the way in tamper-proof packaging. And I can tell you right now, Tylenol's market share in 2023 is greater than it was in the early 80s when this happened. So like I said, if you're honest and you make a sincere apology, and I think that's what Anheuser-Busch has to do, because what the hell did they expect was going to happen when you target your audience of uh, hardcore frat boys and prop up uh, a man pretending to be a woman as your spokes thing? That's crazy. Unbelievable. Well, Nikki, great book. And folks, there you go. The Great Patriot Bicot Book. If you want to know anything in the consumerverse uh, to purchase in terms of a non-woke company, this is the book for you. Where can they get it, Nikki? They can get it from Amazon. Now, I know Amazon's a woke <laughs> company. I know, I know, I know. No but but yeah, yeah. Amazon, unlike the New York Times, Amazon will, will sell conservative books and they won't throttle conservative books from getting up there. So if you're not thrilled about all the things that Amazon's all about, you don't have to buy everything that they do, yeah. but buy conservative books from Amazon, 100%. That might send Amazon a message. Hey, start changing some of your behavior. There you go. Thank you so much, uh, Nikki, and uh, good luck me. with the book. Thank you. Well, folks, Ezra Levent's monologue yesterday was on the disgraced Trudeau Foundation. And as expected, we got a ton of feedback. Gord Howe writes, the tax dollars given to the foundation need to be returned to Canadians. Again, the dope says no connection to him, but he has family members on the board. I'm quite certain they are paid quite well for their time in one way or another. A forensic audit needs to take place now, not six months from now. Lock up the place and send in the auditors. Hey, or maybe Gord, how about getting yet another special rapporteur, but hopefully not this time a friend of the Trudeau family. Unbelievable. And Veranda writes, it is likely that the Trudeau liberals are not a party, but a criminal organization. So far, all crimes have been made up as ethics violations, when in many other countries, they are indeed crimes. And you know, it astounds me, folks. I agree with Veranda. These are crimes. They're beyond ethics violations. But blackface is the Teflon man. He keeps getting away with it. He won in 2015. 
when he was basically an unknown entity, but we know all about him now. He won in 2019. He won in 2021. If he wins again, I have grave concern for the future of our beloved Dominion. Well, folks, that wraps up tonight's edition of the Ezra Levant Show. Thanks for tuning in. The big boss man, he'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, as always, stay sane.